Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold, and we have an, a, a very special episode of Kill Me Now this week and a very special episode next week, part one and part two. With my friend Leslie Wolfowitz's mother, Sally Frischberg, who survived the Holocaust. And her story is so, there's no words to describe her story, but it is moving. It's a story that needs to be told. And with all that's going on in the world, I wanted to shed some light on the horrors of our past and so that we don't repeat them. So I hope you enjoy part one. It is riveting. And, you know, sit back or don't sit, run on your treadmill, ride your bike, do whatever you're doing. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed spending time with Sally Frischberg. We're here with Sally. 
and we're here with my friend Leslie. Hi. Whatever. But we're more interested in Sally. Um, <laughs> Sally Frischberg. Yes. This is my Jew bell, Sally. Yes. And every time I mention something Jewish on my podcast, I ring a bell. Um, because I want people to know how much we have contributed to the world as Jews. And uh, I know that this podcast, this episode will be this. So I'm just ringing it a few times in the beginning so I don't interrupt you. That's it, people. Don't yell at me about that I don't have the bell on. But Sally, this is a very special episode of my podcast because I have been wanting to interview you. You can ask your daughter, Leslie, um, for a, since I met her. It's true. Uh, Leslie took my, I teach a class in writing, and she, I made her write about the Holocaust, and it was brilliant. She is a very good writer. She's excellent. I That's know very she nice. Is. Right? She's I very- still have an essay she wrote years ago about her clogs <laughs> that I threw out. Oh, um, your claws? Clogs. My clogs. mother didn't like my clogs, and she threw them out. I, I don't find, you know... I wrote it to Not attractive, her. the clogs. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. And why, everyone, like, are they that comfortable? Mm. How old were you? But, but yeah. her clogs had such a nice personality, and I threw those clogs. I know. <laughs> it's good to humanize shoes, you know. <laughs> Sally, um, we live in this world. It's 2022, and... I believe anti-Semitism is on the rise. I mean, I I don't think it ever went away, right? You're right. It didn't. And it comes with the times. The worse the times, the more anti-Semitism. The world seems to need someone to blame for its trouble. And the world wants, the world wants to get even with, with all this trouble. Right. And the party to blame is a good party to get even with by punching away. And we suffer the punches. Why do you think, I mean, it's been since the beginning of time. Um, well, since the beginning, actually, we, we have a very good um, idea historically of the length of its development. And the problem began when the Jewish community had a difference of opinion. Is there one God or more? (laughs) Right. And that difference of opinion has lived through the ages. Right. And has been an excuse for everything. You know, it's interesting because you talk about, is there one God or more? It's a question. And that is our religion. Our religion is a thinking person's questioning religion. And I feel like that part of us, that curiosity, makes us so special in a way, and yet we're vilified for it. And yet that curiosity and the way we think has helped make the world so much better on so many levels, Nobel prizes. Uh, You know, if we talk about modern day stuff, we have heart transplants, we have GPS, cell phone technology, medical, scientific, you know, the arts. We have a consistent belief that human beings should 
care for each other. That is consistent in right. our teaching. And I don't see that the our teaching has ever asked about who, which human being should be what. Right. No, we are human beings and we must take care of each other. If we don't, we're going to go under right. because we have the means. We can now destroy ourselves. Absolutely. I, do, I don't know what happens after this. Right. But we can destroy ourselves. And it's, and we, yeah, it's sad. It's a sad. It's, it's. it's Actually, if you think about it, you you you're you're panic stricken, right? But that is the case, and we might as well get used to it. And if we accept that, maybe we will be wiser, and maybe we will care for each other. Maybe. Right. I mean, it, but at what point? I mean, like, how bad does it have to get until we? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Look at look at the the the. Today, yeah. today, the people in, uh, uh, you know, under Hitler number two, I right. call him. Right, What happened? We were supposed to never again allow such right. things. And it's allowed and it's going on and there's very little being done. You know, it's, I love that you said that because I, as a kid, I said to, you know, I asked, my father served in World War II, an American. You know, you grow up and in Hebrew school, it's like, it's in Hebrew school, is like, we learn about the Holocaust very young. Yes. And you question it as a child, like, why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? Um, and my mother who lived in Manhattan we didn't know a lot. We We weren't told a lot. And then once they went over there and they saw and whatever. Okay. Here we are living in a world where we see it in real time and we're still behaving the same way. Yes, we are. I don't get it. I don't get it either. And it saddens me and I I, I lose sleep over it. Oh, I, I bet. Do. Yes, I, I bet. do. Sally, you survived the Holocaust yes. and I really want to be able to tell everyone your story. Would it be okay if sure. we started from the beginning? Wherever you start, start wherever you at like. the very beginning. <laughs> a very good place. <laughs> that is, that's a Holocaust movie. Yes, it is. Yeah. Did you watch that movie growing when up? I, my mother took me to see it. And Sound I, of Music. I, yeah. Yes. And it was that's her favorite Leslie. movie. And That's your favorite movie? I love that movie. Okay. <laughs> when I was a little girl and I was very terrified by the Nazis. No. You know, those scenes where they're oh, hiding in the abbey trying oh to escape the Nazis. And then at I the was... end, the Von Trapp family singers! The family Von Trapp! Okay. Yeah. Sally, so you were born in Poland. Yes. Can you tell? 1934. Oh, my I God, you look fabulous. At, that's a year after Hitler rose to power. 33, he rose to power. Right. And Okay, well, your father's 19... talking really loud. Can you close? I can hear it. Wait, we have to stop. Um, what, what is that? It's your lovely husband on the phone. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't believe he's loud, but he's very loud. 
I, I'm loud. But okay. I'm sorry, Sally. Okay. So, and so, thank you for letting me call you Sally, because my mother, if God rest her soul, how dare you call her Sally? <laughs> <laughs> that is Mrs. Frisberg to you. Okay. So you were born in Poland, what? Um, in 1934, which was a year. So Hitler rose to power in 33. Right. And uh, I remember it very, very well, the Polish scene. I mean, I, I, I was a part of it. I like being there. Right, in Poland. Yes, and, and in spite of the fact that I was often insulted, I didn't know it was an insult. They would say to me, dirty Jew, go to Palestine. I didn't know where <laughs> Palestine was. I didn't know why they were sending me there. I didn't, uh, where you came from. I had no yeah, idea. For, for all you I, knew, right. <laughs> so what town was this in Poland? It, it was called Uziewice. It was like all the other little towns. What what, what was it like, like Charming. There? Charming as far as I was concerned because I was happy. And what kind of- had a population of 150 people. No way. (laughs) And so you all knew each other. How many Jews versus- uh, and and non-Jews? Not not very many Jews. I I don't know the number. You might because- Uh, I read someplace there were 50 Jews. Out of the 150. Out of the 150. So that's, that's a that's third. Yeah. That's a substantial yeah. Jewish and d- population. And you had a synagogue and... This, my grandfather, my mother's family had a very large room in which there were very many what were called bunk battles. In other words, they were benches. You open up the bench, you slept in there. But... When you weren't sleeping, you, it was a a bench, right? And the people came there and they prayed. And uh, I used to go with my father to that synagogue, to my mother's fa- family, and I would play with my. Well, whoever would play with me, <laughs> they were a very large family, right? And I was sort of a little. Butter around the place, right. you know. I pulled on everybody's legs, <laughs> and I, I was very little still. So right. I remember. Okay, I'm going to have to say you're still. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I'm gigantic, but you're you're little. Okay, yeah. my mother has, sh- has shrunk, but yes, she's, she's no adorable. longer five feet tall. I'm okay, not, I'm less than five feet okay. now, and uh, it was all very. It was charming. It was loving. It was tolerant, tolerating. In other words, everybody I'd come, I'd pull on their pants and they wouldn't, nobody was ever unkind to me. Right, nobody. Right. I can't remember a soul that didn't allow me to do whatever I pleased. Right. If you I were wanted a child. Yeah. Climb on them, I climbed up. But- and it was a very nice life as, I, as far as I was concerned. Were you religious? I didn't know what religious was. At this point in time, I can tell you that I'm not among the most religious people in okay. my community. <laughs> oh, well, we're in... <laughs> uh, by the way, I need to bring this 4,000 million times. We are in Midwood, right? Yes. Which is Jewy Jew... Yeah, I mean yes, we're in Juville. Right. Yeah. We we it is Juville. Yeah. But I 
And I am Jewish. Right. I don't deny my Jewishness. Right. But am I religious? Ooh, can yeah. we talk about that for a few hours? Right, right. <laughs> but you- Oh, that's the other thing that my mother raised me in this household where a lot of survivors surrounded my grandparents, my un- my great uncles, stuff like my aunts and uncles, stuff like that. But like the connection to God was always like, does God really exist? Well, I can see questioning that. I mean, who better to question that? A hundred percent. So, And and of course, once you question if he, if God exists, you come to the conclusion, yes. And the question that follows, why doesn't he do something? Right. What kind of a God is this to let what happens happen and right. do nothing? When does this God intervene and do something? So you get into a whole mess. I don't go there. I say I am what I am. I'm Jewish. Believe me, I'm Jewish. Right. Ask anyone you right. want. I'm Jewish. That's enough for me. Hey, everyone, you know what I just did? I tore, I poured, and I enjoyed a packet of Liquid IV because I love Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a major part of my life. And I just worked out with my trainer and I had a delicious lemon ginger liquid IV. That one has a little extra, that has a little green tea in it, and so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And you know, it's getting warmer out, and what does that mean? Summer. Oh God, please come, it can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate. And that's what Liquid IV does. It hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Okay? And I love it. I use it every day. Ben's basketball team uses it. It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar-free. They have sugar-free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar-free. Okay. But Elisa does the sugar-free. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay hydrated because it's very, very important. And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor, and I love them. And they are a quality product. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your ordinary, ordinary, can't speak. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Judy Gold at checkout. That's J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. How many kids in your family? What number are you? 
I was number one. My oh, father yeah. said when I was born, he thought it was the most wonderful thing in the world, the most wonderful day, the most wonderful date. Everything became wonderland when I was born. And it was that way for us. We were a very close family until we were ripped apart. And how, do, siblings? I have two siblings still, but I lost two. So there were five of you all together? Yes. Five kids? All girls. All girls. All girls. I bet your father was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Must have wondered yeah. what will happen yeah. and what happened was not good. And how far apart were all the siblings? We were two years apart from each other consistently. So 10? The ten, last two were twins. Okay. But the first three survived. We are still, all three of us are still alive. None of us are in good shape anymore. Oh, please. You look fantastic. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> amazing. Um, Sleepless, but amazing. Oh. <laughs> I don't think people sleep anymore. Anyway, I don't. Um, okay. So uh, you're the eldest of five um, and you're having this idyllic childhood essentially loving and do you have shabbat dinner do you i mean well luxury was not a part of our lives okay. because it was a poor world right so we were living in a poor world and we lived accordingly okay but hunger was not a part right. of it we were not hungry we were we were not look the circumstances were not luxurious. Right. But I didn't know about it. But it doesn't matter. You don't know, you know, no, you, you don't, and you had love. And what did your father do for a living? My father, I gave it a name. I call it, he was a, I say he was a uh, middleman in the world of uh, dairy products. Dairy, dairy connections, for okay. example. Being a Jew, he owned no land and no, he owned nothing. Right. So what he did was he uh, had cows. I don't know if he rented those cows or if he bought somehow. I don't know the arrangement. He had nowhere to put the cows because he had no accommodations for them. So the richest man in town who had the beautiful castle that I admired immensely. Not Jewish? No, not Jewish. What was, do you remember his name? Sure. Mr. Oh, darn it. It did, it'll, it'll come back okay, to me. Okay, it always okay. comes, back to, comes back to me. But for the moment, I can't remember. Okay. And of course, the age is the reason why I don't remember for the moment. I, ha I don't remember either. <laughs> but it's, but yeah. uh he had this big castle. He had this big castle, and he had all this this uh, place for everything. And my father rented space from him, like renting an apartment. Right. He rented for his cows, like office space. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the cows were there, and the cows were fed. Now. Who paid for the feeding of the cows? Right. Had to be my father because he got the milk. Right. And what did he do with all this milk that he got? He took it to town. 
Now, the next town next to us was, um, there were two. On one side was Kanchuga, and on the other side was... Oh, Przewozk. Very good, Leslie. Thank oh, you. Oh, the <laughs> smile on your face. Przewozk. And we, my father used to go to these towns and arrange for the uh, alteration of this milk into butter, uh, uh Cheese. Oh, yeah. Okay. Buttermilk. My father used to drink buttermilk. Yeah. Sour cream. Yeah. Whatever. Cottage cheese. Right. Whatever came from the 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 milk they made. And my father sold it. And the income from. How did he transfer? um, Did he have a cart? Like, what did he. No, my father had these cans, big cans. And they were filled with milk, and they right. were taken on carts. Yeah, know, yeah, carts. Yeah, horse and horse and. Did he ride the horse and buggy? Or? No, he didn't ride okay. them. Okay, he had people ride them. And what do you know? The name was there a name of the company? Or, well, there was. No, you as know, far you, as I know, they should have called it when the cows come home. <laughs> oh, God, I am funny, people. Okay, so and everything was fine. You you said that you knew that people would say stuff to you, but did your parents warn you, you know, people don't like us or, no, you know? No, my parents never warned me. I never asked my parents because I I didn't care. Right, I mean, you're a kid. It didn't matter. A and bit. you were happy. Absolutely. Absolutely very, very happy. And I remember we used to break for uh you know, picking and eating. Right. And we, I would go to my friends, my Catholic friends. Right. Everybody in Poland is Catholic. Right. And then there are a few Jews. Right. And these Jews would wind up in uh, the homes of all my Catholic friends where I'd have bread, uh, you smeared butter on it, mm. you put cheese on it, and you got a cup of milk and Okay. What could be better? And you go to school, and it's is it's a mixed school. How many kids in your class when you were? I, did. I never went to school. You didn't go to school. Never went to school. By the time Brilliant. I was old enough for school, that's when Germans said that okay. we were not allowed. No so, Jews allowed. Yeah. I went. I arrived in the school. My first day in school was an event. My mother had me all dolled up. With, what was your? Can you tell to say the name of your parents? Yes, Sylvia Gams Engelberg uh, married Leon Engelberg. Right, and uh, this Sylvia dolled me up, prepared me for school. <laughs> Took me to school. Right. And I was sitting in class, and during the course of the lesson, the Nazification, had I been older, I would have known what he's doing. Right. But I <laughs> I had no idea what right. the hell he was doing. So the teacher, the Nazi teacher, was teaching and I you were was, sitting at your desk. I was sitting at my little table. Oh, okay. And uh, I was given a paper, which I couldn't read. And uh, when the day ended, I saw my mother waiting for me. 
And when I got to her, I don't know if she took my paper or she had her own paper that she was given also. I don't remember. But she said to me, she held her the paper and she said, you can't go, come back to school. And I was horrified. I mean, this was heaven on right. earth. And I... She said, you're Jewish and they don't want Jewish children in school. Now, at this point, are you wearing a star or you don't know anything that's going on? They've shielded you, but they knew. And I knew too. Every Saturday afternoon, my parents had the entire big Jewish community in their house. And every Saturday afternoon, they talked all afternoon. And they were talking always the same thing about him, him, him. Right, and it was. Him was was Hitler. And what will he do? Where will he go? What are his intentions? What does he mean? Right. Oh, I, I was sick of the subject. But I listened because I. what else was I going to right. do? And... Uh, so somewhere inside you said, oh, this, yeah, is, this I, is the him thing. I yeah. Be- yeah, I began to wonder what this is all about. And you're how old, six? Yes, exactly six, yes. And now I realize that him has decided that I can't go to school because I'm Jewish. Right. And I was very upset at that, that. That really made well, me. Well, of course. All day long. What was I going to do? Right. They were in school. Well, right. I had nothing. So I was not happy. But I had a wonderful uncle, Naftali. Naftali was my young, my father's youngest brother. And he had returned from the defeated Polish army. And he was back home. Right. A, a, a runaway soldier. And he played with me. He taught me the alphabet. He taught oh, me wow. numbers. Okay. He brought me candy. Aww. He was oh, he was a gem. And so he, he gets murdered by the Nazis. Thanks so much, Leslie, because I wanted that. I wanted to <laughs> oh, that to come out oh, at this point. Sorry. Okay. So just edit. <laughs> I just think it's so sad. I know. It's I wanna, horrific. It is. And he taught you and helped you. And yes. So whatever I learned. <gasps> yeah. Whatever I learned in Poland, I learned from my uncle Naftali. Because I wasn't in school right. at all. What they, a great They got person. me on the first day. Oh, with that, I heard the chair move. She's got spilkies, this one, no, getting up. <laughs> oh, we're getting she a picture of show you Naftali. Oh, uh, let me see a picture of Uncle Naftali. Yeah. So this okay. is my grandfather's side of the family. Okay. That's my mom. Okay. My Aunt Mimi. Sally, Mimi. My grandparents. Her parents. Oh, they're no. so good looking. No, that's that's right. My mother's parents. Very. My yeah. grandfather's parents. So okay. My mother's grandparents. Okay. That's Uncle Naftali who taught you how to read, and uh, he's handsome too. Yes, he was. Good looking family. He was a handsome boy, and he would have married my beautiful aunt Blima. My mother's youngest sister, uh, had they lived, they uh, were so in love. Uh, 
Okay. So you you are now forbidden to go to school. You're home all day. What's what hap- What's the next thing that happens? The the most important next thing that happens is that we are the hosts to three German offices because our town did not accommodate. Uh, visitors. Right, there's no no hotels. Nothing, nothing. So where did they stay? They stayed in the homes of friends and relatives, if anybody came. I don't know how many people came. And now there's an army there. Now these are German soldiers who don't like Jews. Well, some, you know, in every community there are exceptions. Right. One of these three offices turns out to be a teacher from Munich, and he is now stationed in our town, and he loves to, he spots my father's chess set, and he loves to play chess. And my father and he played chess more times than I can think of. I mean, they were always playing. If, if they but were your father together, was winning, room, right? <laughs> they were, I think, well-matched. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm going to go for the joke. And they okay. were also well, they were, they were people who were serious about things. And they talked... And I was sleeping behind a wall that was put up so that I had privacy. (laughs) Um, But it was a thin wall, and I could hear every word. I couldn't understand what they were talking about. Because they were speaking German. But it was interesting. (laughs) It was interesting. They talked, and I listened, and I, I love history. And I think that's where the love of history was born, in those conversations, because they were discussing the, the, the way the human family is evolving and what's happening and why it's happening. And why, before, when you said to me, how did, how did it happen? We, we, we crossed for a moment right. the question of the difference between Jew and non-Jew. Right, right. And they, they covered that. They talked about it so, so happily, so contentedly, so trustingly. They weren't afraid of each other. Right. It was lovely. It was very, very And nice. he lived there with He lived in a house. What was his name? Do you remember? Sure. Mr. Arnold. Mr. Arnold. Arnold of Munich, whom my ho- father tried very hard to find. Oh, I bet. But he didn't find him, you- nor a member of his family, nor a stone of his house. Because when, by the time we got to Munich right. after the war and my father went, nothing but stones. Munich was gone. Wow. Yeah. So it's Mr. Arnold and then two other guys. The other two spent most of their time at headquarters. Right. Where was headquarters? It was in that large. Oh, in the house uh, where the cows were. <laughs> <laughs> wow, in the palace. So, the, that's right. So the, that guy. The owners ran away. 
Oh, they did? They oh, left? Yeah. To, oh, yes. They and they weren't to, Jewish. No, they weren't but Jewish. But they wanted but to they get were, out before. Yeah. But well, I remind, don't know what. I'm reminding you what Mr. Arnold used to say to Grandpa about yes, the war. That's very important because it may have been the cause of my survival. Mr. Arnold kept saying to my father that this war is not like every other war. This is a different kind of war. He said the people who get killed first now are not the soldiers on the battlefield. They are the most innocent, the most, the weakest, the least able to defend themselves. You must find a way to defend your family, he said. Find a way, otherwise you won't live. Wow. Yeah. And he persisted. He didn't give up. He would check on my father. Did you find anything? Wow. And he, it was consistent. Right. And Mr. Arnold was with us from his arrival in 39 till Hitler declared war on his friend Stalin, whom mm -hmm. he no longer needed. Right. So he goes to war, and poor Mr. Arnold has to go and fight. So we lose our friend, Mr. Oh. Arnold. And by the way, the great means of communication was Yiddish. Because you know that Yiddish is built on German. German, yeah. The two men understood each so other. So Mr. Arnold spoke Yiddish. No, he no. spoke German. Oh, he spoke German, so they, oh, okay, gotcha. Yiddish, he it, spoke German, my father spoke well, Yiddish, but they, they figured it out. Right. Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. 
you need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. Okay, so I'll help you move the story along a little Okay. Fast forward, they live like this in this small town for a number of years Two under years. the Nazis. And then the Nazis say, report to the train station. So you're at home and you get a notice? How do you yeah, get- We get a placard on the church. On the church wall is a big placard that says that all Jews, the handful that were there, must report to the railroad station, and it gives a date ahead of time. Uh, On such a date, at such time, to be resettled in the east of Poland, where everything will be better. Better homes, better jobs, better health care, better schools. Everything would be wonderful there. And do people believe this? We don't know what to say. Right. We don't know what to do. But my father does, though, because he knew Mr. Arnold. Right. And my father, Mr. Arnold said to him, don't believe the liars. The liars will tell you whatever they please. It has nothing to do with the truth. And my father said, we won't go. We won't be resettled. And people, my father was highly regarded in his little community. Right. And people came and said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Right, because he had those meetings every Saturday. And my father said, I don't know what we should do, but I will tell you this. We, my family, is not going to, to resettlement. Right. And I think you shouldn't either. And they said, well, where are we going to go? My father said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I am going. What happened at the end was that in our town, Everyone wound up doing the same thing. No one went to the train station? Except my grandfather. Your gra- and why did your grandfather go? Because my grandfather was, my, my father and my uncles called him a lazy man. See, he brought up these sons and he retired. He didn't right. go to work. He read. He loved to read. And I inherited that. I love to read. And he read about the German people and their excellence. And he admired them greatly. Mm -hmm. He wasn't one of them. Right. (laughs) But he admired them greatly. And he said to my father, what kind of a crazy guy are you? Why don't you trust these good people Uh. who are... Always doing what's good for mankind. And he trusted, and they took him on the train, 
and the neighbors found out what they did because it wasn't too far away right. that they took him. Right. Where, where they brought others from other communities. They lined them up. They gave them shovels, and they had them dig a grave. Graves. Yeah. Well, they didn't know it was grave. They thought it was, yeah. Just they like didn't know what, I don't ditch. know what they yeah. thought. And after they dug, they shot them into them. <sighs> and after they shot them into them, they covered them up. And our neighbors told us that the soil above often in some spots moved for days. And I got it into my childish little head that my grandfather was buried alive. Uh. And for a little while, for a good early years, it that was a bothersome dream. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, very bothersome. But as I, I, you could almost like do a graph, the more secure I became, the less dreaming I did. Right. And, and then I understood what was happening. You know, I was growing up. Right. I was learning. So uh, you don't show up at the train station. Nobody How, shows up except no show, my great-grandfather. Except the great-grandfather. How? So before the train station thing, you must leave before the date of the train station. The night before we leave. Okay. And we everybody has a pack. I had a little pack to carry. Do you remember what was in it? No. No. I know I had a black little, my grandmother had given me a little um, coverlet, whatever, a, a black Shop. wool, and I loved it because right. my grandmother gave it to me. I know I had that. Okay. But what else? And Leslie's clogs. And my clogs. Yeah, my clogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay, so you remember that, and then you leave, and they say, "Let's go." We didn't know go. where we're going. So your parents say, "Let's go, pack up. You each get a bag." Let's go. So gonna, can I jump in for one sec? So my grandmother was, my grandmother was, had siblings, had like 11 siblings and they split up. So the whole family had a meeting. She's now talking about. My other side, my, my grand, my maternal. Okay. Right. Well, my mother's mother. Right. So she was one of 12 and they, they decided to split up. So my mother, my mother's family, my grandmother and grandfather, uh, connected with my grandmother's older brother and his wife because combined they had the only grandchildren. Okay. They had seven little children and it was felt that the children were going to be an impediment in surviving. So they decided they would all stay together in an effort to support each other, whatever, and not be a burden on the rest of the family. And the other siblings, some of whom were married, some of whom were single, went in different directions. So one was a group of your grandfather with his, one of the children, one of my mother's uncles was um, a little, uh, was special needs. So he's, the father stayed with him because he knew he, someone right. had to take care of him. And one of the sisters who was single also stayed with him to help her father take care of. I mean, it was just like a lot of people trying their best to carve out a way to survive. Right. And then there were these four bachelor uncles 
who were all young men, really the age of our children. They were all like the youngest was probably 18. Uncle Norman was probably about 18 at the time. At this point, I am 10. So he's no, 18? No, no, wait a minute. I'm 8. 8. So he eight. was 16. And the, his older brothers, he, he went with four, with three other brothers who were all, if he's 16, one 18, one 20, one, you know, 22, whatever. And, the, and they went. And everybody dispersed because they felt that a commune, you know, a family with 17 people would never be able to survive. Right. Okay, so sorry. I just okay. thought that was So there's you and your parents and, and, and uncle and my my mother's uh, oldest brother okay. and his wife and his children. He has because three children. these two children families three. decided that we have the same problem, children. Let's stick together. So the two families decided to, we're going to, we're going to wander off together. And we wandered. Where How many to? of there were you all together? Seven children and four adults. Okay. And, and we, you just start walking. Well, we went into the fields. The fields are all over the place. Right. And at this time of the year, late summer, 19, this is now 1932. 42? No, 42. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, very good. I've been paying attention, Mom. <laughs> 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 Leslie, you're a good student. Yeah. So where do we go? Into the fields. And when we get there, it's very, it's summer. It's hot as hell. No, 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 no. It's very nice at night in the okay. fields in the summer. Okay. And we make ourselves comfortable in the straw, in whatever is on the field. And the the harvest has begun and there's, there's stuff all over the so place. So there's food. Well, it's not food, but there's fruit. Fruit. So we collect fruit, and that's our diet. We, mm -hmm. We're on a fruit diet. Okay. And Which probably these days yeah. would be, you know. People, people <laughs> would pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> but we have to find a place to hide. So what do we use? The, they, the farmers have built uh, the- Haystacks. Uh, Stacks, right, but it's not hay. They build everything. Whatever right. they cut, they build right. into stacks. And we would approach these stacks and we would say, we'll take this, you take this, and we were neighbors. And we would, with our hands, we would dig holes because that gives. As you pull, it gives. Right. You make a hole, you get inside the hole. You pull back stuff to cover you up, and uh, you this, hid. Bec this becomes your house for a night. Because and, did, and the farmers didn't find you. Oh, I'm sure they knew what's happening. Right. They they must have wondered what happened to right, my right afterwards. Yeah, afterwards. what happened to my stack? You right, know? right. But it it was not an important issue because they just yeah they build swept them. it together right. again. So. And, and nobody said anything because they didn't know what to say. They, we weren't there to tell them. Right. Because we changed every night. We had the wisdom to know. Don't stay more than 24 hours or less than 24 hours. No.
Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Sally Frischberg. Oh, you're not going to even believe part two. So I know it's a week and I'm sorry you have to wait the week, but it's what a story. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Brittany Joe Sowards. I want to also thank my friend Leslie Wolfowitz for uh, taking me over to her mom's house. I mean, I know you're feeling it too. I mean, you have to be feeling it because it's just, it, these stories are so important, especially with what's going on in the world right now. And you're just going to freak when it when part two comes out. Now, let's talk about me, because I'm really important. And now I know a lot of people listen to the end because they're writing to me. This week's person who listens until the end is my friend and neighbor and husband, Ken Hauk. Okay, Ken Hauk, I love you. I'm mentioning all the people who listen to the end because I love you. If you live in the Los Angeles area, uh, I will be performing for the Netflix Is a Joke Festival Friday, May 6th at 7 o'clock at the Elysian Theater and uh, Saturday, May 7th at the Greek Theater where they will be doing uh, recording a special of gay LGBTQ plus uh, stand-ups. So that's, that'll be really fun. Also... I am going to be performing with Jessica Kirsten on June 2nd. Yeah, baby! I think that's in Westport, Connecticut, but who the hell knows? It's in Connecticut somewhere. And, you you know, just go to my... Listen, first of all, you should be a subscriber. You should have left, left a review of five stars, of five stars, of five stars. You should also be following me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. Check out my website, judygold.com, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. You know, that's it. I really love, I don't know who's listening right now. I mean, I know there are people who listen to the end. I can't believe it. So um, I just have to tell you that I have some exciting things coming up that I'm going to be sharing with my fans or my fan. I don't know how many I have, if it's in the double digits. Um, But I also know that I appreciate you so much. I can't believe what's going on in this country. Gay, 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 gay. Ron DeSantis is fucking out of his goddamn mind. I can't, I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. So hopefully the weather will get nicer and warmer and the sun will be out and people start acting normal. But I doubt it. I really highly fucking doubt it. So hug the ones you love and the ones you don't love, don't hug and just tell them to go fuck themselves because that's, you know, all right, don't tell them to go fuck themselves. I'm just rambling now just for my people who listen to the end. But I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. And I hope that you enjoyed part one of Sally as much as I enjoyed speaking with her. I'm so glad I can eat bread now because I can't with the fucking matzah. And as we always say, so long, ga-ga-ga-ga-ga. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega- 
megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.